Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, October 9th. Good Yom Tif to all of our Jewish listeners, of course, as they celebrate this Yom Kippur. That is, again, why we have the slightly later release today. Not only do we have all the results in Shanghai from from last night to discuss, uh, but of course I was occupied with Hebrew services. And for those who don't know, Yom Kippur is the, uh, the Jewish holiday. I should say that involves fasting so I'm a little grumpy a little crabby and there's nothing I enjoy doing more when I'm grumpy and crabby to cheer me up than talking a little tennis so that's what I'm going to be doing today just me steering the ship again I want to run through those results from Shanghai last night talk about the WTA results in both Lin, uh, Linz and Tianjin and talk about the WTA finals implications there and, you know just give you guys a little rundown set up the scene because we have a really fun week and I guess half week of tennis ahead of us so With that in mind, let's start with Shanghai, and when you talk about looking at the week ahead, I think yesterday's results have broke the way tennis fans across the world probably wanted, because we have a terrific slate of third-round matches ahead of us tonight. Uh, Let's start at the top half of the draw. Number one seed, Novak Djokovic, takes care of young Canadian Denis Shapovalov, who has come come on of late 6-3, 6-3. Now for Novak, who's coming off of a title last week in, I believe, Tokyo to get the straight set win here. I mean, his level of play just so high right now. He seems to be no wear and tear from the week before. His body seems to be holding up just fine. I mean, it was the level you expect from Novak Djokovic. Now, real quick for Shapovalov, yes, he loses the match in straight sets. I thought he played pretty well as uh, as well. Now, he would have loved to get that first serve percentage higher, only made 53% of his first serves, only earned one break point for himself, but I thought he comported himself really well. I thought he fought throughout this match, was in a lot of the games, but ultimately Djokovic just too good in the end, and so, you know, credit to Dennis, but of course, Novak moves on, and he'll take on now number 16 seed, John Isner, a 7-5-6-3 winner over Luca Pui. Luca Pui inside the top 20, despite being under 500 in terms of ATP match record over his last 52 weeks on tour. That's a crazy thought for you. But for John Isner, again, given the injury gap he had this season to rack up wins right now over Alex Dimenauer, over Luca Pui, only one tiebreaker in those two matches, no drop sets. I mean, he's got the challenge of his life now, Novak Djokovic, but of course, great result for Isner, and that's going to be a really fun match. Uh, you look at who the, that matchup, that quarterfinal on the bottom half, Hubie Hercatch, who we, I mentioned yesterday, knocked off Guy Monfils, two and six. He's going to take on Stefano Tsitsipas, who ended up probably in the match of the day, and there were some great matches on the day, knocking off uh, fellow next-gen player, the young Canadian superstar Felix Ogier, alias Seam, 7-6-7-6. Fun fact, both of these guys still young enough, both qualified for the ATP next-gen finals in Milan at the end of the year now. It would not so- shock me to see FAA play, as he's never played it before. Tsitsipas being the defending champion, being where he's at in his career, given how many matches he's played, would not shock me if he decides to skip that event. But I mean, 
this was such a high quality tennis match and you know only one break of serve for each guy FAA actually had six uh, or had three break points to Tsitsipas's six on the day you look at the serve percentages I mean for both guys they're over 70 percent of their first serves going in Tsitsipas 75 percent FAA 70. Tsitsipas wins 80% of those first serve points. FAA wins 75% of his own. Interesting is that Tsitsipas only wins 8 of 21 uh, second serve points versus FAA, who goes 13 of 25. But again, uh, given that there's only one break of serve for both of these guys in each match, it speaks to how well they were able to play, how important they knew it was to play serve plus one aggressive tennis, take control of the point. Both guys, big hitters, obviously. You don't want to be playing defense when you're playing either one of them so that they were both able to find opportunities to impose themselves. Again, high-quality match, huge for Tsitsipas, who gets his first win over FA. You guys remember earlier in the year when they played, FA, I think, beat him at Indian Wells, or maybe it was Miami, and Tsitsipas was like, yeah, it's just, it's really, you know, he spoke so fondly. He's like, it's really hard for me to beat FA, so I'm sure mentally, and you could tell from the roar Tsitsipas let off after he won, uh, that means a lot. But don't be, don't sleep on that Hubie Hercatch, Stefano Tsitsipas match. If Hubie Hercatch, you look at him right now in the live rankings, I mean, he has quietly worked his way up to uh, inside the top 50. He's currently at number 34. You look at him right now in the live, live ATP race. Uh, the, or the, that's sorry, 34 in the race, 33 right now in the rankings. Uh, that's, you know, that's a really good season. So that's going to be a really tough matchup for Tsitsipas, especially given it seems at this point Hubie's, uh, he's actually pretty adept at all services, but he seems really solid on the clay, or on the clay, on the hardcore. Got that title in Winston-Salem. Uh, Winston-Salem. Winston-Salem. See, this is the this is the lack of eating. This is where the hunger is starting to just mess up my grammar, mess up my words. But you guys don't care about that. You will care about CT Pass her catch. So be on the lookout for that match. And then to, to close out the top half of the draw, we mentioned yesterday Daniil Medvedev is going to take on Vashik Pospisil. We also mentioned Fabio Fognini, who knocked off Andy Murray. He's now going to play Karen Hetchinov, or as I like to say, of course, Karen Kachinov, with a who had a comfortable 6-2, 6-4 win over Taylor Fritz. Was hoping to see Fritz play push him, but just too much Hatchinov in that match. And now you look at the bottom half of the draw again, or to recap the top half in terms of our matchups, I think Djokovic Isner is something everyone would want to see. Hubie Hercash, Stefano Tsitsipas, two top 35 young players, of course, must see tennis. I'll watch Daniil Medvedev anytime he plays. I guess there's a little bit of a redemption story right now with Vashik Pospisil as well. And then Fonini Hatchinov should be a very high level of tennis because both players have been playing well as of late. But again, it doesn't let up in the bottom half of the draw on that top. You've got number eight seed Roberto Bautista Agut knocking off last week's Tokyo semifinalist Riley Opelka 6-4-7-5. He'll now match up with Teo Berrettini, who has looked very good thus far in not dropping a set to either Jan Leonard Struff, who he knocked off 2-1 and one in the first round, and now fellow young player, I guess young, they're both in that 23 range, Christian Guerin 6-3-6-3, so that should be a really fun matchup. In terms of that quarter, the number four seed Dominic Team, a 7-6-6-3 winner over a pesky Pablo Carreno Busta. I think Team tweeted out something that he's now beaten him at every level of play, like 250, 500 Masters event, Grand Slam, year-end finals. So really funny that they just continue to see each other. And again, it was a high-quality match. So uh, credit to Team, though, who, much like Djokovic coming off of the title, his level seems to have carried over into this week. And now he's going to have a really fun matchup with number 15 seed Nicolas Basilashvili, who was a 6-4-1-6-6-1 winner over Benoit Paire. You look for Basilashvili. I mean, he has now fallen to number 22 in the, or he's number 22, I should say, in the race in terms of the live rankings. He's right now at number 24. 
Now, if he does well this week, he can work his way back up into that top 20, but it's an important match for him. It's an important tournament because by his standard, given what he did last season, I mean, he's 26 and 21 on the year with a title. That's not bad. But, you know, he, he reached number, career high of number 16 earlier this year in May, and I'm sure he'd like to end the year in the top 20 as well. So Berrettini, RBA, Basilashvili team, two of those guys to the quarterfinals. One of those will be a semifinalist in one bracket. And then, honestly, the most intriguing bracket of Shanghai, the bottom half of the draw, where number two seed Roger Federer, as we mentioned, uh, straight set winner over Albert Ramos Vanolas, will take on David Goffin in a rematch of the U.S. Open fourth round, where Federer just steamrolled Goffin off the court. Now, of course, Goffin, uh, who lost to Djokovic last week in Tokyo, made the finals in Cincinnati, has been playing well of late. He advanced 6-2-3-0 retirement over uh, Mikhail Kukushkin. He also beat Gasquet his first round, so he's gotten matches on these courts. He's not, he shouldn't be too tired, given that it has been too strenuous, too taxing, and he's got to have revenge on his mind, right? Like after getting embarrassed at the U.S. Open, that sits with you for at least uh, you know a month, a month and a half, and hey. You get another shot at Federer right now. So I think David Goffin, not that you're ever happy to draw Roger Federer, but I feel like he might be a little bit. He's like, you know what? This is October Federer. He's got scruff on his face. He's got to be worn down. I got a shot at this. Um, But if you don't like that match and the top portion of this little quarter, a juicy third round match between two young guys. We have Alexander Zverev, a 7-6, 7-6 winner over Jeremy Shardy, won that first set tiebreaker, 15-13. He's going to play a red-hot Andre Rublev, who 4-6 over Borna Chorch in his first round, then knocks off John Millman, a finalist last week in Tokyo, 6-2-6-0. I mean, Rublev, you know, as fiery as you're going to find, power hitter, bang, bang, bangs from the baseline. I mean, that forehand, again, I've I've said this on a previous podcast, but Andre Rublev, FAA, two, the two biggest uh, ball hitter, you know, just pace in terms of the pace they put on their ball I've ever seen in person. The forehand is something else. And for Alex Virov, did he lose last week to Pass? Yes, but this is a very similar situation. Another prove-it match with one of your contemporaries. And Zverev has been playing better of late. There's no denying that. So hopefully he can carry that over. I mean, I would love to see another Zverev-Fetter match up there. I'd honestly watch Rublev. I'd watch Zverev go fan. Any permutation you have for the quarterfinals, whether it's Rublev go fan, Rublev Federer, Zverev go fan, Zverev Federer, I'm all in on this portion of the draw. So it just adds to the fun in Shanghai and what we should be seeing this week weekend. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. One other quick note on the men's uh, side, and I'll go through quickly, but I always got to give a shout-out when there's an ATP challenger in America. You know I'm going to be watching it this week. Also, shout-out to the ITA All-Americans, which are now officially underway, and I'm sure I will talk about that either early next week with Chris Hallioris or some point in a mini-break in the near future. But this week in Fairfield, California, juicy, juicy, juicy matchups we've got. Last night, Steve Johnson knocked off Michael Moe in a really fun 7-6-6-4 match. He's now going to play a four 
former Michigan All-American Evan King, who knocked off Mitchell Kruger in an equally fun 7-5-5-7-7-6 match. Uh, throughout the day, as you're listening to this, you can go check replays or maybe some of these matches yet to play because it's in California uh, on livestream.com backslash ATP. But the Spider-Man himself, Kalamazoo, uh, Kalamazoo 18's champion and 16-year-old Zachary Spida, who has turned pro, I believe, signed with Top Notch. He lost today in three sets, a really fun three-set match with number two seed Dennis Kudla. I know Escobedo and Kevin King are on right now. You know, if you like college guys, you've got your Alex Richards, your Ty Quiet Cow. Your Brandon Nakashima's, your Felix Corwin's, your Emilio Gomez. I mentioned King and uh, Johnson up top. Max Cressy yesterday, 7662 over former UVA All American, or all, I don't know if he was All American, but three time national champion, JC Aragoni. Uh, yeah, this, this draws letter. And I, I haven't even mentioned this. Number 14 seed Jack Sock in the singles draw. So again, if Jack Sock is not enticing enough for you. There's going to be an American player you have heard of and are fond of in this draw. So again, livestream.com backslash ATP. No mication, but still very, 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 very high quality stream. So I promise you listeners uh, will enjoy that. And then you look at the ATP race, just where we're at heading into the year-end finals. Uh, guys to monitor in Shanghai. Again, right now, Tsitsipas is 6, RBA 7, Zverev 8, Gofen 9, Berrettini 10, all within striking range, except for really Tsitsipas, who has separated himself. But then you add in Fonini, who's 13, Isner, who's 15, Hechenov, who's 16, all of them alive in Shanghai round of 16. So if, again, as you're, that's another interesting, we say storylines, results, and controversies. Well, hopefully it turns into a controversy, but it is certainly a storyline to be watching as you monitor the Shanghai results this week. But with that in mind, let's go through real quick. the uh, We talk about World Tour final, uh, Finals implications. On the WTA Tour, it looks very clear now that Kiki Bertens, uh, I mean, it's her tournament to lose, right? So Belinda Bencic gets knocked out yesterday in Lind. She ends up losing 6-4, to Friedsome, who I believe was uh, Bencic was up 4-0 on in that first set. So Bencic now out of the tournament. Kiki Bertens, a winner yesterday. She's going to play a, uh, another red hot. Ali Van Utvenik, which I mentioned when previewing this tournament, Van Utvenik, a winner a couple weeks ago in Tashkent. And the winner of that match, by the way, going to get lucky loser Coco Goff, who gets who cracks the top 100 at age, I believe, 15, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah, age 15, she's number 94 right now in the live rankings, coming in, again, lucky loser in this event. And what does she go and do? She, you know, wins her first match, 6-3, 7-6. She outlasts Kozlova, 4-6, 6-4, 2-0, retired. And now she's going to get a chance at either Burton's or Van Utvenik. So win or lose, the 15-year-old has cracked the top 100, and that is awesome. And I know Coco Goff's place isn't uh, a world tour final implication, but to get back to the Kiki Bertens thing now, she's sitting at number nine behind Serena Williams. She's currently 65 points behind Serena. Uh, she wins this tournament. She will surpass Serena in terms of total points, and given that Serena isn't signed up for any events, she'll earn the spot straight up. So that's still in play for her, and you look at it now, she's solidified her spot over Benchich, so she can get in without needing Serena to withdraw. Or she can just clinch it herself by winning the tournament. So, again, another player to watch as you're looking. Burton's Van Utvenik should be really fun. Uh, we've got Pavlochenkova versus Kuzmova, Petkovic versus Georgie, Alexandrova, Sigmund, Mladenovic, Vekic, Cornet, Ostapenko. That's just—I'm all in. It's going to be a really fun weekend of tennis in Austria. And then the last result I didn't want to skip over, in Tianjin, another WTA event. Jabour is going to— 
play number six seed Putin Seva in the quarterfinals. We've got Wong versus Peterson, who follows up her win over Serena uh, with a solid victory here, getting a retirement in her next match. On the bottom half of the draw, Wong versus Watson, Nara versus Lynette, Yastremska versus Pong, Kudermatova versus Sang. It's mid-October, people, and the tennis world is still wide awake. So it's going to be a really fun race down the home stretch. And if you've missed any of the action, you want to catch up. You, like me, are cranky because you had to fast today, and you're like, let's get to that break the fast as fast as possible. I promise our episodes on our various Crack Rackets podcast will get you through the storm, whether it's this podcast, the Great Shot podcast, the Cracked Interviews podcast. Like, rate, subscribe, review, leave uh, leave us a little message on all of them. Please share them with your friends. You say, Alex enough of these solo pods get me a gosh darn guest and I don't want to swear right now because it would be more work for Westoff um but yeah I I, I totally on you know I, I want to hear your criticism but I want to know what you're thinking who's a player do you think uh it's not going to matter Serena's not going to play the year-end finals anyway do you think she should play the year-end finals how do you think it's going to break down on the guy side as I mentioned RBA's Virev, Gofan, Berrettini, Hatchinov, Isner all still in play so it's going to make for a really fun stretch and we want to know what you are uh you you all are thinking if you miss anything else you know the website crackedrackets.com for more instant updates Twitter Instagram Facebook YouTube it's all at Cracked Rackets huge shout out as always to the super producers Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff who have a f- of an editing job to do and as I like to say you guys know hundreds of thousands of dollars so with that in mind though for our super producers Fligner and Westoff and for our t- entire teams at both the Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Networks I'm your host Alex Gruskin you know what we say that's the break and it is almost break the fast time so get through that home stretch people we'll see you tomorrow 